Hello, this is John Renaud, and you're listening to the Mobile Radio Carnival via the CEF.world. Check us out, Uncommon Genius for the Common Types. Well, I'm Sharky from Sharkstar, and you're listening to the Mobo Radio Carnival. Fantastic, man. I appreciate you doing that. Good to hear from you. Hey, I wanted to uh, let's I guess we should start off. I have a I have kind of a mixed bag as to how I wanted to um, talk to you. I know you're a musician. Uh, We're certainly going to talk about that. Um, You're also involved with uh, computers and programming, I believe. And I want to talk to you about uh, blockchain was one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. But I guess we should just start off by saying, you know, who you are and uh, where you're at. I know you're uh, uh, in the UK, yeah, but I don't know where. Where are you at? Well, I'm in Brighton, which is on the south coast. Um, uh-huh. It's one of the big music hotspots of the UK. Um, supposed to be the gay capital as well. But it's just got an oh, amazing go. music scene down here. Um, uh-huh. I moved down here years and years ago um, for the music, really, because there's such a great scene. Um, London's okay, but it's... It gets tired in London, but Brighton's got almost as good a music scene, and um, uh-huh. it's a closer knit community, you know. Yeah, so you get to play a lot more often down here. Um, so, oh, so you yeah. do, you play out you play out quite a bit. I haven't done for about a year. Um, well, that's because that's, of that's evil COVID. COVID yeah, COVID, yeah. And yeah. a whole band. When I do play out, the band is kind of like they've all got their own things going on as well. And we usually get right. together once every couple of months to play out. And we don't always uh-huh. play my songs. We might play some of theirs and, you know, different people's. And it's, it's a bit of a mishmash kind of thing. Um, oh, I do cool. a lot of open mic on guitar and stuff like that, you know. But uh, I'm currently working on my latest album. Um, oh, okay. About in about, well, hopefully May. Uh, so it's all recorded. I'm just currently mixing that currently. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you work it's when you right? Oh, it has been. There's, there's, uh, it, it's just been a completely different landscape for everyone. Yeah. I mean, it, it, musicians, yeah. uh, I do some acting as well. And, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. And the thing is, man, is, is anything where you're going out into the world and you're meeting groups of people, obviously that's just completely different. And in fact, it's not even there for most of us. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I used to be a film producer as well. Yeah, um, I saw some of your, I, I took the time when we originally chatted uh, via the internet, I took the time to dig around and I saw some of your animated work, which I thought was really cool. Um, and I think I saw a, a video where you were uh, doing some guitar work and it was kind of this cool vibe of you with friends. I'm not sure. I don't remember the name of this, the, the film. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it was cool stuff. I it was really kind of just you. You have kind of you take the time to interestingly look at things. So I I, I really kind of enjoyed that. Yeah, the, the whole film industry is it's a real shame. Um, I don't know. One of my ex business partners is still in the industry. I got out a, right. a few years ago now, but um, we used to work on sort of mid range, sort of two to three million uh, pound films. Yeah. Um, Pretty simple to finance. A lot of gangster movies because they were big in the UK around about the time we were doing them. Uh-huh. But that whole industry is completely decimated now. Everyone I know from the accountants 
right out to the producers. They're all, you know, well, it's in tatters at the moment because no one can get together and no one wants to invest at the moment as well. And, you know, Brexit's killing the UK too. So yeah. no one wants to put any money here at the moment. So, yeah, it's, it's been a real, real slog. But um, I hope That's it will next year. That's interesting because here in LA, obviously, you know, there's the big mega corporations that produce yeah, right. and they can still do it. However, I have yeah. tons of friends that have kind of bailed out of the city and kind of gone back to where they originally came from just to, just to kind of wait out the COVID thing because there's not really work for them here anyway. Are you finding probably, it hard getting gigs, you know, acting gigs or is it, is it, it okay me, over there? For me, it's been strange because actually I've, I've worked a little more than normal during COVID. Really? <laughs> yeah. It, it's just weird because I, I'm kind of an outlier that way. I know with my friends, that's not the case, but I, it just happenstance. You know, I mean, this is all kind of a randomness and a roulette table. So I just ended up with, with quite a bit of work in the last year. It, but it's strange with uh, having to be tested and masking on set. It's a, it's a surreal landscape, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have things changed much, you know, since Biden's coming over there now? Uh, you know, it's tough to really tell because we're all kind of shut out still. And one of the things I notice when I'm on set is what people talk about is more so than actually their like or dislike for politicians. It tends to be how they feel like they're shut out of knowledge, meaning the media is kind yeah. of not telling them the truth and the, the government yeah. not telling them the truth. That's more the vibe that I pick up on. I think that's a worldwide problem, isn't it? You know, we've got our Boris Johnson and yeah, you know, I hear a lot of people, especially on Twitter, you know, the, the cesspool of political chatter. Yeah. Everyone's putting him down, but you know, I sometimes think, well, Put yourself in his shoes, you know. I mean, I don't know if anybody could do any better, really. Um, yeah, I know it's, he's. It, it's hard, isn't it? You know, it is. It, you know, look, man. I, I'm very. I, I wasn't cynical when I was younger, but I'm very cynical with politicians at this point. So, yeah. no matter no matter who it is, I'm looking at him with that big eye, like, okay, what the <laughs> fuck you got going on, man? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we we've, we've got our old all our bloody aristocracy class over here yeah. and our public schoolboy stuff. And, and they really don't care about, you know, the working class. The problem in the UK now is that, you know, the Tories, the conservatives uh -huh. who are currently in power, they have decimated the working class in the UK now. I mean, those people are on their knees and now they can't, you know, draw any more blood out of those poor buggers. Now they're, they're, yeah. they're targeting the middle class now. And I'm really lucky, you know, I'm one of the lucky ones to have a really well-paid job. But what the government's doing to us in terms of taxation and these crazy new laws they're bringing in, they're completely ruining all of the, the small to medium-sized businesses in the UK now. And that is the backbone of this country. You know, that's what keeps us going. We don't have an industry anymore. You know, it's all financial services and the SMEs in the middle. And because there's no money in the pot, they're just draining us dry and yeah, I know so many people with like really good jobs that are just, you know, struggling so badly at the moment. And I've never seen that in a, what you might call the middle class in the UK. You know, we've always been all right, you know, but I, I, I dread to think what's coming over the next couple of years, man, because, you know, what are they going to do? They've got to tax us more, right, for this, you know, deficit and everything that's going on at the moment. Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think, you know, it's it. to that. 
it's interesting because you do, regardless if you ended up kind of in an upper station, you seem to have, uh, you seem to be plugged in with some sensitivity as to what's going on. It, it's, I have an Irish buddy that first explained it to me uh, with Brexit. And he said, look, yeah. man, the thing is, is, you know, he's not a political guy, but he explained it. He's like, you know, the working class, to use his terminology, has been shat upon yeah. for, for, for so long. And there, yeah. that's where you're getting like the pushback finally, because it does seem to be kind of like lower against upper at this point, opposed to left, right or indifferent. You know, it's really interesting your insight on it because I think it's spot on. And I do think yeah. that the potential for things to gain um, velocity in a wrong direction is certainly there. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'll tell you what, I've, I've never really worried about this country. You. I've always yeah. felt the UK is a nice, safe haven in the world, you know. Probably comes from yeah. all our colonialism in the past. We've still got tentacles out all over the place. But I really do fear for the UK now. And I, I'm I worried that, you know, crime's on the up now. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I really wonder what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you say, it seems to be pressing on the workers, people who are working, regardless of your, your lower working class or middle working class, it, it, the press, because who's who, who's always paying for things is the people that are yeah. creating a conduit for money. Yeah. You know, that money flow. But yeah. uh, but I mean, that's stuff that uh, we're probably not going to solve. And I, I would like to spend some time on a more pleasant subject. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things I'd like to do is start off by playing one of your songs. Uh, I'd like yeah, to start man. off with uh, Don't Worry, Now I'm Old. And cool. I'd like to slide that into release. the show. That's cool. Yeah. So I'll put that on right now, and then uh, we'll we'll have a go at uh, some conversation after the tune. Wicked, cool. Floating around 
I really like I really like that tune, man. It's uh, I I really one of the things I noticed with your music that stands out to me is <clears throat> your ability to arrange. Um, and I like that one because it kind of just keeps building upon itself, and uh, it's just a lovely tune. What what obviously obviously every song is inspired by um, something, and obviously. <laughs> We're all getting older, to your point. Um, so where did that particular song come from? And it's a new song. So let's yeah, talk about that. Yeah, um, yeah. it was released on the 6th of uh, February. It's the first one I've released for nine months because of this COVID right. nonsense. But funny enough, it's exactly what, you know, the song is about exactly what we've just been talking about. Basically. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. If you listen to the words, it, it's it's all about division. And yeah. that's why I've got Bernie on the front there with the world burning in the background. You know, uh-huh. he's, he's on the moon and he yeah. doesn't worry now he's old. You know, the whole world, as far as I can see, it's falling apart. There's so much yeah. division, false news, all this crap. And it gets into people's brains and it gets into mine, you know, even though I fight it all the time. And that's really what it's about. It's, it's just a, it's a desperate kind of like situation. And, you know, like you were saying earlier, when you were younger, you were a lot more political, as was I. You know, I was always out on marches and protests and everything else. Now I'm older. I don't care. It's <laughs> not <So laughs> like I can do about it. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. when you're young, you think you can change the world, right? When yes. you're older and wiser, you know, nothing's ever going to change. You learn yeah. more about history. You look back through history and nothing's ever changed. And it never yeah. will. So that's kind of what it's about. It's a bit depressing, really. <laughs> well, I, I guess as you age, you start to to see it as that. But it does. You're right. It does seem to just be a circle that kind yeah. of keeps, or probably several circles that are intersect. But it's the same motion and the same wave and the same yeah. kind of end result. Um, and I guess we're lucky. I mean, kind of to your point, I've fared fairly well in life and at least I've not been abused by it. And, 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 you know, the cynicism comes, I don't know from what, maybe you're right. It's just getting old. You get like, fuck, yeah. I don't well, have well, the energy. You're wiser, aren't you? You know, so yeah. you don't have like, you know, rose tinted glasses on anymore. You see the world for yeah. what it is instead of what you want it to be. Right. You know, so uh- I wonder when yeah. I'm talking to you too, if it just has to do with wanting to be more economical with energy. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you're probably right. Because you do realize, I think, as you get older, that, you know, yeah. you can't change anything. It's a terrible attitude to have. And the problem is, I've, I've got two children. I've got a boy and a girl. They're both oh, fantastic. Um, early 20s, both at university. And, you know, they're really cool kids, you know, one's studying to be a marine biologist, he wants to save the world, and they've got all these big ideas about what yeah. they can do. And I used to even, I used to work as um, a marine conservationist. I've done it since I was 20, just part-time. You know, I've, I've worked in Fiji, replanting coral gardens and stuff like that. I just love marine biology. That's cool. I could never, I, I never actually got there in terms of the education that my son has. But what I do know is I've worked with a lot of climate scientists on some projects, software projects over the last few years. And what they've told me is so depressing. And you really just do not get, you know, the, the grip of it on the mainstream news. They give you snippets. 
And I yeah. think a lot of people, or most people, they just push it to the back of their mind because what can you do? It's such a, you know, an ex- existential threat. What can one yeah. little person do? So you just push it away and you forget about it. But we've really only got about 10 or 15 years left before we, we are on a path to two or three degrees warming. And by all accounts, all of the big, you know, companies and, 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 and major climate scientists looking at this stuff, they, they're pretty much in agreement that we're in major trouble in about 15 years. And the problem is, even if today we suddenly, you know, got rid of fossil fuels and we had, you know, like another war effort, it's too late because the way carbon dioxide and methane works in the atmosphere, it's 30 years previous what we put in there that we're starting to see now. Now, if you think 30 years ago compared to what we're putting in now, over the next 10, 15 years, it's going to be an exponential rise. And it scares the crap out of me. But you have to walk this tightrope with your kids, right? You yeah. have to try and let them understand what might happen. But you don't want to, you feel like you don't want to sort of go into it in great brevity because it'll scare the crap out of them. You know? Yeah. Yes. And I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the thing is, is one can hope that, uh, you know, that's where the future is and the, the, the solutions come from, you know, there obviously needs to be awareness. And I think to one of the points you were talking about, it's easy for, well, it's not so much easier for me anymore because I'm by the Pacific Ocean. So I see the ocean, but so many people don't even see the ocean. So it's easy yeah. to put it in the back of your mind because you're like, I don't even understand what the ocean is let alone yeah. what's going on with it. And I think a lot of people don't understand that when the ocean dies, and it is dying, right. you know, we, we've lost two-thirds pretty much of our coral reefs now. Right. Um, and and they're, they're the nurseries for fish, you know. We've yeah. got massive dead zones in the sea. Now, when we lose the sea, that's us gone, you know. Yeah. The sea takes up 70% of carbon dioxide and produces so much oxygen for us. People just don't realise, you know. They just dump their crap in the sea and they forget about it. Yeah. yeah, I lived in Asia for for a year when I was younger, and even then, it was terrible what I, I was seeing in the ocean. But uh-huh. my son came back from the Philippines. He, he did a little sort of mini tour around Thailand and the Philippines a uh, year before last, I think it was, and he sent me back some footage. And he's diving and he's swimming through plastic bags and shit, yeah. you know, over coral reefs, and that just breaks my heart, man. You know, I mean, yeah. I can't blame those guys. They don't have the infrastructure to deal with it. But, oh, man, <laughs> yeah. I really don't know. We're, we're, we're just so stupid, us humans, aren't we? We really are. <laughs> well, we've, we've, we, plastic sure did kind of become king, right? And, yeah. you know, not being able to get, I mean, there, you know, there's obviously newer types of plastic that now can be broken down. Yeah. But, you know, it's just the damage that has been done. I think over the, over the last generations, obviously is horrific. And then you get to other countries that don't even have standards. Yeah. You know, it's a waylay on, on everything basically. Yeah. And what, what infuriates me as well is that I don't know if you have it over, over in the States, but in the UK and Europe, we have this thing called a carbon tax. So what you can do with your carbon tax, you have, you have a set amount that you can release into the atmosphere and that includes waste. But you can sell your carbon taxes to third-party countries. So the UK 
says, oh, we're doing really well. You know, but what they're actually doing is they're sending all their crap over to Africa and, and you know, China yeah. and places like that. And that's that somehow there's a loophole they can get away with this, you know, but it doesn't take into account all of the waste we're actually creating yeah. because it's being moved offshore, you know, so we look really good. And those poor buggers over there, they've got to deal with all our crap, you know, it's you, you are <laughs> you're so on the mark, man. It's like this whole weird habit of 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 everything that we do. E even Americans with oil, it's like, okay, now we've shut down the pipeline, but now we're gonna we're gonna consume the same amount of oil. It's just gonna come from the Middle East instead of from Canada. And you yeah, go, yeah. I, I don't understand what we think we're doing if we're either we're getting rid of the oil or we're not, but yeah. to, to posture like, look how grand we are. We're, we're, we're stopping this evil thing. And it's like, no, every one of us is still driving our car by ourselves. And exactly. Cars you know, are getting in, bigger. <laughs> yeah. In fairness, there's a lot of electric that's moving into marketplaces, but you, yeah. you understand what I'm saying. It's the same thing. It's like, look at what we're doing. And it's like, yeah, look at what we're doing. It, it doesn't make sense yeah. in the sense of like, either, either say, you know, a, a gasoline engine's way we're going and we're going to pipe it in from the most economical place opposed to just saying, no, we're not going to do that. And let's go over here and we'll, we'll buy our oil here because again, it's like the ocean. We don't see the damage done. We don't see the war that's involved with all of that. We don't see any of that. And so it's easier for us, you know, and it's kind yeah. of what you're saying, like the carbon tax and, and shipping the junk elsewhere. It's like, we're not yeah. learning how to deal with the junk. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I have nothing against, you know, electric cars and green technologies. Brilliant. They're right. absolutely brilliant. Right. But what a lot of people don't realise is, you know, that there's a massive push in the UK now. I think it's I think it's 2030 that there'll be no more new gasoline-based cars in the UK. Right. They've all got to be electric. But the thing is, we don't have the infrastructure to cope with that electricity. You know, yeah. and the electricity, where's the electricity come from? It comes from coal and oil fired, you know, right. power stations. And our government have just crossed a major line as far as I'm concerned. It's the first time in, I don't know, 15, 20 years, they're actually considering a new coal power station in the UK. And yeah. there's thousands of people up in arms about it. But I just can't even believe they're even considering that at this point. On one hand, they say, we're all green and we're doing really great. And on the other hand, yeah, firing up more cold bloody, you know, it's crazy. That's exactly I, I, my I, point. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like, it, it's like, you, you know, look at what you're actually doing. And, it, and it's like, I, I get it. It's kind of like what you were talking about earlier where, you, hey, look, you're in charge and it's a difficult task. I'm not necessarily saying, hey, you're you're a complete ass for doing it this way. I'm just saying, you know, hey, look at the way you're doing it. It's it's contradicting itself a lot of times, you know, mm. And I think in the old days, John, they could get away with it. But yeah. Thankfully, due to social media and, you know, we can now petition the government for, you know, for, for, for data. Yes. Um, you can make a public request for this kind of stuff. And I think, you know, people are wising up and you, we, we can see what they're doing now. Um, a lot of the times, though, I mean, it's still frustrating. You can protest against this kind of stuff, but they'll overrule it, you know. Yeah. You know, it's funny. They, they, <laughs> and then where do you go from there? Well, it's like this. Our power company always sends out a notice that they're having a meeting to discuss raising rates and that you're welcome to show up and voice your opinion. Yeah, but well, we don't listen to it. <laughs> exactly. It's like, uh, I'm going to spend my time showing up and going, hey, do me a favor. I'm fucking broke. Please don't raise my rates. And they're going to yeah. go, 
they're going to go, Mr. Renat, it's been nice of you to join us. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's kind of what you're saying, you know, it's like, yeah, how is this working? How does this work again? But also, yeah, there's a point where the frustration probably will, you know, the dam will break at some point, I suspect. Yeah. What worries me, though, is it back in the good old days, we, we used to see revolutions and we used to see people rising up against government. Right. But now we do have police states, you know, and, right. uh, you guys, unfortunately, are probably the worst. You know, we're yeah. not far behind over in Europe, but, you know, you now have to apply to protest and march in the UK. You never had yeah. to do that before. Yeah. And if you get unruly, they're out with the guns, you know, and yeah. th- that just leaves you in a position where people can't, you know, rise up anymore. It's It's got to a point where... You know, you guys over there are a little bit better. You've got a lot of guns, but you know, yeah, public citizens over here, we don't. You know, it's just uh, it's just our police that have that, so we've got no hope whatsoever of that. I don't want that in my lifetime. That would be the last resort. But the fact that they just overrule everything that you do now, yeah, I, I can't see any other way really. And, and I hate to say that. I would never tell my kids that, you know. But I, I no, can't it's true. You know, I have a 20 year old son and uh, it's tough for me to to look at him and know that he his idea of freedom is already something that's less than what I remember when I was his age. And it's you know, he doesn't have a reference. He doesn't know. I know I can look and go, dude, I I think you're missing the point, Um, you know the government isn't supposed to do this and it isn't supposed to do that. And, you know, he's been told the whole story about how it's beneficial and not yeah. how it works against civil liberties. Yeah. And uh, so it's kind of, it's, it's a really strange place because I'm, I'm empathetic to what you're saying where I, I don't want to see the end result be bad out of all of this. No, it's the last thing I want. The problem I have with the younger generation, and I think it's technology and it's probably something we're going to get onto, right? And it's something I work in. And I yeah, exactly. But I think apathy has crept in because yeah. when I was a kid, and I'm sure when you were a kid, you know, our parents struggled, right? You know, we didn't always have everything we wanted there and then. And my children, whatever they want, whenever they want it, they've got it. You know, they don't have to struggle. They've never had to struggle. Right. But when we were younger, we did. And you appreciate things more. You looked after things more. Take records, you know. I'd save yeah. my pocket money for like two weeks to go and buy one piece of vinyl. And you'd sniff it and take it to bed with you. And it was your prized possession. Yeah. Now they just go bonk on the internet and they've got it. You know, and it, they've got everything they want. So they don't appreciate anything. And I think what's happened is that there's a level of apathy that our governments have got us to this state well, we are just comfortable enough, just comfortable enough, where we're not They do evolve. seem to know that. Yeah, they do seem they to do. know They've where the edge is. They've it right out, haven't they? You know, yeah. Any less, and we might revolt, it's never going to go anymore, but they've got us right. at that equilibrium now, where people are just so comfortable that they're never going to, like, question what's going on. And that right. breeds apathy. And it does. ignorance, you know, people don't look at history anymore. History tells us everything, Right. Everything yeah. we're going through now, we've been through before, but just in a different way. Yeah. And I just, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I can't blame them because, like you're saying, they don't know any better, do they? They, yeah. they don't have that thing to relate to that we do. But right. 
it's trying to make, and you just sound like an old git, don't you? And you tell them, oh, when I was young. You know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it, but the thing is, is, is I don't tend to go like it was better in my time. That's not really the way I talk about it with him which would be the old guy in my day. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, back in my day, things were just better. And, it, and that's not really the, what I'm trying to express, but it's also interesting too. Uh, I, when I was younger, one of the things I realized, you know, my son would be on his phone a lot and this is what made me think about it. Cause oftentimes the, the encounters or the, the conversations I attempted to have with him while I was on his phone he was being rude because he wasn't, you know, he was looking at his phone while he's talking to me. And it made me think like, shit, I had to wait for my buddy to pick me up in his car and I couldn't call him and go, Hey dude, you're late. What's going on? Because I could only call him at his house and he'd already left. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and so that's a, we, that's a we had to wait. Point. Yeah, yeah. We had to wait exactly. and you, you learn what that is. And I think that, the contemporary you they're not learning that side of it they're not learning the you know because you can use that phone to entertain yourself if you're bored so you don't know what boredom is you know what john when my kids were younger probably seven or eight or something they would bloody text me while i was in the kitchen yeah. asking me for food what are we having for tea I'm lazy buggers get yeah. off your ass yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know that's just the limit isn't it, really? it's so, true man it, but in a weird way that's kind of a good thing because they're being clever right yeah like yeah. They're, they're being clever but at the same time to what we're talking about it's it's just odd for us and maybe they are going to gain some knowledge that we don't understand because we weren't raised with it um one can hope at least yeah i mean they are our future, you know. Yeah. Us, us older guys, you know, we 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 have the history and the knowledge, but they understand this world far better than us, right? And where it's going. Yeah. I mean, I I I I, I can't compare with my kids. You know, they're they're so clued up, and we've got to put our trust in them, and we've yeah. got to listen to them, right? You know. Yeah. I don't think they get heard enough. Well, plus I, I don't, I can't speak for your kids, obviously, but I really like my kid and my kid's really astute and he does pay attention to things that maybe I don't see anymore. And you know, his, you know, you know how those young brains are, they, they can, yeah. they're sponges, man. They, they, they just yeah. remember and relate to things and they're not thinking hard where I got to think through all the crap and all the bad feelings and all the good feelings. <laughs> and what does this mean? And what does that mean? And they're, you know, they haven't, they haven't built all that yet. Yeah. 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 It's true. That's true. So it's cool. And I'm, I'm really proud of my kids actually, because they are both into, um, into social media, but in a very limited way, they look at I think it. That's as wise. Just, yeah. They just look at it as a way to talk to their mates. They don't get involved in all the politics and the bullshit that comes with it. Yeah. And I do, <laughs> and I feel really bad. You know, they're, they're so wiser than me. <laughs> yeah, my kids are at that stage same. now where they tell tell dad off for things. You know, and that really hurts. But yeah, <laughs> now my kid does the same thing. He's like, you know, he'll be like, uh, "Why are you getting all worked up about that?" And and it's like. <laughs> Yeah, you don't understand, son. He's like, Yeah, I don't have to, man. I got I'm going to yeah. do something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey man, I wanted to talk to you about blockchain. Sure. 
Because it's something that you, I think you mentioned to me, you're actually trying to develop a system that allows musicians to utilize this technology. I only know about it because of like uh, DTube or certain ways in which to post videos and how videos, I, I have a very limited understanding of it. So I guess I should just start. What is blockchain? Okay, well, blockchain essentially is, okay, so a database I'll explain a database. Yes. A database is like a bunch of tables that you can put data in, but the data can be changed and it can be changed by anyone. And there's no track record of what's gone on in that database. So you might put something in there and someone could change it and there's no record of the change. Now, blockchain gets a lot of bluster and it's touted as the next big thing. It's not really. It's very simple technology, to be honest with you. But what it, what it can do very well is allow you to stamp stuff into this so-called database that cannot be changed oh, in any way at all. So that's how Bitcoin kind of works. So once you've got the blockchain on your computer, what happens is a new transaction goes in and it does this clever little bit of code that re back references all of the other transactions. And you can't create a new transaction without referencing all of the other ones. So once it's in this like list in the chain, it can never be changed again. It's there for everyone to see. It's what they call immutable. Cannot be changed ever. And it's really good for that kind of stuff, you know? Uh -huh. I was talking to some friends I don't know, about a year ago, and we've been racking our brains for so long how to give back control to musicians because obviously we all know Spotify and everyone else, they're just ripping the crap out of music. Yeah, I'm not a fan myself, so I, I totally no, relate to but, this. But uh, do you use it, though? No. Oh, don't you? Well, credit to you. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I do. And most yeah, musicians I, I know do. Yeah, because... Yeah. because the problem with any artist, you know, any artist, musician, artist, sculptor, whatever, they're so, I wouldn't say desperate, but they just want to share their art. Right. And so they will put themselves in all sorts of positions to do this. Um, and that's why we've got this situation we're in now. No, and I agree. It, it, it breaks my heart, really. I don't really know a way out of it. I, well, I do. But it seems an impossible task. You would have to get, like we've seen recently on the stock exchange with this game yep. company. I, I don't yes. know a lot about, you know, where people, a mass of people have clubbed together and broken the system. You need a couple of million mid to high level artists to say, fuck this, you know, we're going our own way now. We're not going to do this anymore. And if they moved into a blockchain kind of thing, where all payments and everything were going through the blockchain, I think we could change things around and right. cut these people out. Because, you know, I mean, take take record companies and labels now. I mean, I, I've been in the business since the late 90s. I started yeah, it, as a... You also have, obviously, because of your film knowledge, you have an understanding of finances at some level, I would guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not to interrupt, yeah. but I just wanted to make that point to anyone who was listening. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I've raised 
you know, considerable millions of pounds for films and the same could be done for music. Yes, There's that's my point. I, I want to talk to you about, you know, in a little while about this. But, right. But in the old days, you know, take the 90s. I can't refer to anything else. I, I, I haven't got a reference on that. But back in the 90s, there were loads of independent labels around. Right. And if you were good and you gigged hard and you had a following, they would sign you. And you could make a, a, a pretty good living out of that. Yeah. But what's happened now is that because of these bloody streaming companies and everything online now, the independents cannot make any money. And the, the bigger ones have all been bought up by the majors. So now you've just got, you know, maybe 10 big labels that you're going to try and get signed to. And it's just not going to happen. Yeah, you know, there's no artist development anymore. You know, right? The labels will take you on and develop you for a year. You yeah. know, maybe in the past they don't do that anymore. You've got to be up no. and running straight away. You know, exactly. You're, you're your own development. You're your own A and R person at this point, and your developer. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's kind of like thrown to the wolves. And if you rise, then someone's going to approach you and say, Hey, you know, you've already been there, so why don't you let us take over for you? Is the way that, yeah, if at all, right. it works. And to compound it, John, you know, in the old days, all you had to concentrate on was your music. Right. You, know? you just rehearsed with your band. You went out and you gigged. You might have to fund your van and, a, you know, somewhere to stay, you know, sofa surfing or whatever. But that's all you had to worry about. Yeah. Now you've got to worry about recording it, producing it, you know, engineering it, doing all your marketing and everything else. Yeah, you spend hours, I don't know about you, but I spent hours on social media trying to market what I'm doing. When right. really I should be in my studio making my art, you know. Total, I totally so, agree. You know, it's it's just, it, it, <laughs> I don't know. They take no, the it, rug under your feet and then then you're expected to do all of this as well, you know. And I'm, I'm, I don't know. It's it's crazy situation. It really is. It's, uh, you know, I mean, that, that's, there's so much there, to be honest with you. It, you know, I have, uh, you know, as a person who's a large part of Pluto Radio, I tend to spend most of my social media endeavors taking care of that. On, on, as far as my music goes, I'm pretty limited because I, I'm like, you know, I, it doesn't make sense that we're all running over to the next new outlet for me to post all of the same material on. And to be kind of, I don't know that, it, that I consider it being taken advantage of, but, you know, Spotify doesn't seem to me to be a great deal for a band, personally. So I don't, I just don't participate with it. And, and I personally wish other people... It's a great deal for Spotify, isn't it? That's all it is. Yeah. And I wish other people would hold the same disposition and kind of go, fuck it, man. I don't, I don't need to be on that. And, yeah. you know, I, I have issues with, with Amazon as well for being as large yeah. as they are. And, 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 you know, but I'll be on there. I've made my choice. So I'm, it's not like it's a moral issue with me at some level. It's to your point, I have to fucking get my music out there. And I have to be able to point people to somewhere. So it is tricky. And, and that's why with the blockchain concept you're talking about where, you know, look, I don't know that every artist is going to be able to take control of their destiny as it is anyway. So in a way, Spotify is great for people that are just like, look, I'll just post my stuff up there and I'll forget about it. I can point people to it and call it a day. But yeah. someone like me, I really would like to take control over it, but I can't because the limitation yeah. of, of the market for me. Yeah. So yeah. I, I yeah. guess 
I guess I'm rambling a bit because there, there's so much with what you're talking about to unpack and understand like what element affects the next element. So with the blockchain concept, you're saying that, that not only can you post, but you would be able to pull your revenue out of it. Yeah. People will be able to pay directly into the blockchain and you would get full, the full amount of money back from that. Got you. And I sent you a link, I think, John, didn't I, to to a portfolio of mine. Yes. Um, can you load that up just quickly? I need to run for a wee anyway, quick. But there's oh, a video sure, I want you to. There's a video on there I want you to see. Just well, it's, I, it's only a couple of minutes. I tell you just what. what of, yeah, I tell you what. What, yeah. what I'm going to do while while that's all going on, I'm going to play another song of yours for the listeners. Okay, and, cool. and I'm going to play. Uh, let's go with "Make Love Get High." Why not? <laughs> All right, brother. All right, we'll be right back.
Yeah, it's called um, at the bottom of my portfolio, John. There's there's uh, something called um, oh, what was it called? Uh, bear with me. Let me just check. No problem. Let's see where it's at here. So right at the bottom on Weegeo.com, that one, yeah. there's a Wee video called V-Screen. Now, I built that for film producers that couldn't actually get theatrical releases. So what they could actually do is a 3D world that you interact with and you can right. put on virtual screening and people can come together in a virtual environment and watch films. So my idea was, and I think it's really pertinent now with lockdown and this COVID nonsense. Yeah. Basically, it's a, it's a 3D world where bands can create avatars and object yeah, live it's, gigs. It's, and people can go and sit with a group of mates, you know? Yeah, it seems But the really cool. cool thing about it is, you know, a lot of bands, say, in the States, can't afford to come over to the UK and vice versa to tour and what have you. Right. But this gives them that opportunity. And they have full control of all the ticket sales, all their merchandise, and it goes straight to them. And that coupled with this blockchain idea I've got, I don't know if it would appeal to some of the older musicians, right? We all like to go out and do live gigs and get feedback from people, right? You know, But looking forward, I think it might be you know, an avenue for a lot of the, especially EDM artists and stuff like that, who don't really go out and gig an awful lot. That's what my kid does actually. Yeah. So right. I float it past him. You know, it's funny. I, I do these, I do some projects musically with a gentleman named uh, Jorg, Jorg Klein, Jorg from Germany. He's a great guitar player, a great musician. And uh, I feel fortunate to be able to do it, but he also does radio. He does shows for Pluto and, that's his thing is exactly what you're talking about. He he's, he's a believer that like he, he loves to play. I don't know how old he is. He's, he is an older, he's not a kid, but he loves to play out, but he's like, you know, I'll do that as often as I can, but that seems to be a dying place for, for in Germany at least. And that's his thing. It's well, exactly all the venues, aren't about. they? They're killing all well, the venues everywhere. That's what he was indicating. And, you know, I think, too, it's a, a double-edged thing where I don't think people want to go out as much as they used to. Like, no. you used to have to. When I was younger, you know, you had three TV stations to choose from. And if you wanted to see a band, you typically had to go out and find one at a club. Yeah. Yeah. Now, exactly. you, you know, I could, you can sit and YouTube will feed you pretty much anything you want from anyone yeah. you want. Yeah. But then again, you can't monetize YouTube. Well, you can monetize it, but you don't get the full amount of money, do you? Well, <laughs> no, I can't is, monetize it because I no one, you know, I can't get enough juice in in that market to exactly. have people care about it. Exactly. Yeah. And who wants to, you know, who wants to watch a gig? Like every ten minutes is a bloody advert in the way. It just kills yeah. it anyway. Well, it? with music, yeah, of course, it's it's terrible. It's like you're not gonna. <laughs> who's gonna who's gonna tolerate that yeah, no one yeah. no no it's crazy yeah, i mean i mean it, it's just like it, all of it is it's it's that it's that thing everyone says it's there's good in it obviously a guy like me who would never have had the interest of a record company i can go and produce music and put stuff out that people really appreciate and it, it doesn't matter how many sales i get i can do it as often as i can get the energy to do it you know so that's good but the downside becomes these these 
you know, like we're talking about Spotify and, and how people get abused and how, yeah. you know, it's impossible to achieve certain things, even if the talent level's there. And it's frustrating, obviously, for, and not so much for me, but for people that I know. You know, I get really tired, John, of trying to, trying to educate younger people, especially on, on Twitter. Right. So I, I do stick my neck out quite a lot on Twitter. Right. And I see, you know, I see a lot of these posts from desperate young artists and bands, you know, oh, yeah. we're not getting the exposure, we're not making money. And <laughs> I can't just bite my lip. You know, I have to say, look, you're never going to make a living doing that. You aren't. Yeah, you yeah that's just, probably just the case. Yeah. You've got to be a lot wiser these days. You've got to take control of your own stuff, you know. Yeah. You need to say, you know, all these people on Twitter, I need new music, drop your links. You know, I would say yeah. to the young artists, you know, put their hand in their pocket, <laughs> direct them to the band camp, yeah. and they can buy some bloody music, right? You know, don't just give it away all the time. But yeah, then they, the thing is, too, about that whole that whole network of things of like how people are like, drop me your, your, your links. And it's like, you know, I, I, I don't know what you're putting your faith into at that point. It, yeah. I have bands that are so worked up about getting um, awards from internet uh, people or Twitter people. And you're like, you know, slow down. It's like, you're spending all this energy to get acknowledgement from someone who's, you know, just compiling shit. Anyway, yeah, right? they're just compiling yeah. lists, you know? Yeah. I mean, I had years when I was younger. I don't know if you've heard of them, but <clears throat> the big the big music press in the UK is NME and Melody Maker, New Melody okay. Express and Melody Maker. And I had years of dealing with, you know, those journos on there. Right. None of them, yeah, they're all failed musicians. None of them really knew anything about music. Right. You pandered to them so much, you it's know. Terrible. Yeah. You, you, you'd send them gifts and stuff just so you could get like a little bit of, you know, a little write up in their shitty paper, you know. Yeah. And I, th I think we've, as artists, we, we love what we do, but we crave not attention. We crave recognition for what we're yeah. doing because it, it gives us some fulfillment of what we're doing is good and it, it it's touching other people, right? Right. But I think now it's just so easy, like you were saying, you know, I see young kids on Twitter a lot, you know, pandering to these little blog posts. You know, I'll write a little bit of a blog about it, but no one's ever going to read it and it's right. not going to convert to sales. And that's what you want, you know. I don't think a lot of people realize that music is a business. And unfortunately, that's nothing new. It's always been that way, you know. Yeah. Back in my, you know, my younger years, you could just go along doing whatever you were doing, but you're not going to make any money unless you're a little bit savvy and you realize, exactly. you know, it is a business and you have to treat it as such, you know. But it's yeah. so easy now just to give stuff away. And it's like we were talking about earlier, you know, kids these days just expect everything, yep. you know. Yep. They, don't, the they, don't, they don't put a value in a piece of vinyl that someone has spent bloody months over, you know. Yeah. And they haven't saved for two weeks pocket money to get it. They've just gone doink on the internet and they've got it. And they listen to 30 seconds and they just discard it. And I don't know. We, we've set ourselves up to be in a really bad position. Yeah. Well, it's true. And, and the thing is, too, I can tell you from running an internet radio station that the market is highly competitive, which means yeah. 
the, 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 it's so split and it's so fragmented that you are only going to get a very, very small percentage of, yeah. of ears, whether it be a radio stream or you're a band, it's not, you're not going to overwhelm the market until you are that one out of a million thing. Yeah. You know? And that's what I tell the artists. That's whenever I sort of put my oar in on Twitter, I try right. and bite my lip, but I, I just say, look, concentrate on your art. Be the best person that you can be doing what you're doing. And to hell with everyone. Exactly. Don't, don't care what they think. And that's where true art comes from, you know, being a yeah. little bit different. Don't follow trends. Don't copy everyone else, what they're doing. Do something original and new and to hell with everybody else thinks. And Trust me, you know, you will grow as an artist and you will get recognized for that because, yeah. you know, everyone's the bloody same these days. You know, it's very rare you come across a band where you go, whoa, yeah, that's a little bit different. I like that. Right. You know, they've, they've got a vision, you know, to do something a little bit different. Everyone thinks that they have to copy because that's where, the way they're going to get recognition, but it's not, you know. Yeah. I don't blame them for it, but, you know, you just got to be, you got to keep an eye out you know, of the landscape, what's going on, but to hell with it, you know, do your own thing, be original, concentrate on your art. And that'll, that will pay dues definitely, but it's difficult to get that over. Yeah. I think, I think it is, it's, uh, it's, it's not difficult for me to do because I've always been kind of a misfit and uh, in the truest sense. And I, you know, I, I was raised by uh, wolves, basically very kind wolves, but they were, they were outliers. And so it's easy for me to, to have this disposition that you're just dis discussing because it's easy for me to just say, Hey, fuck all that. You don't have to do that. Be who you are. Yeah. Um, but it really, there, you know, maybe I need to conform a little more and the conforming types really need to learn how to run free for a little bit, I think, is what yeah. you're talking about. It's, it's a give and take, isn't it? You've got to balance yeah. it very finely, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a real tightrope there and we'll have to walk. But I just, yeah, I don't know. I, it's an impossible situation as far as I see it. You know, I consider myself quite an intelligent guy and I, I, I think really deeply sometimes. I take my way away from technology sometimes for maybe one or two days just with the dogs. We'll go out into the countryside and I'll have no, you know, of this electronic communication stuff. And I try and think a little bit deeply and think through, you know, big problems. And, you know, most of the time I can do that. But this whole music thing stumps me. The only way I think we can yeah. change it all is if we do have this massive movement where a, a few million artists get together and say, right, we're not fucking giving away our music no more. We have to put value in what we're doing. And we're not signing up to these shitty streaming companies. They're going to fuck themselves, you know. But it has to be yeah. a massive movement together. And yeah. I don't know how to organise that. I know how to do a lot of things, but I don't know how to do that. <laughs> but I think <laughs> well, that's what is. I need to happen. <laughs> It is tricky because you're dealing with artistic uh, ego and mm -hmm. there's something about, and I have one too, so I'm not, I'm not saying it's, yeah. it's inappropriate, but the thing is, is yeah, if you're like, I know I'm the one who's going to be ahead of the curve or I'm the one who's going to be received in this grandiose way opposed to other people then it doesn't affect you. Right. Cause you're just saying, well, I got a post here and then my success will come. Yeah. 
so it's tough because that's you have to have this ego to make you even do what it is you're doing yeah but but it also is the thing that gets in the way of of like i say i know people that spend all their energy trying to win awards from some twitter dude who has some list thing like you're number one on the list (laughs) yeah and you don't even you don't even know how it's being qualified yeah exactly exactly I mean, I, I really talking about Twitter. I really do think guys like yourself and what you what you've created this little ecosystem of artists is brilliant. Yeah. So I, I'm very proud to you know follow you guys and what you do on there. And there's a few other groups of people that I do the same with. If I'm allowed to mention, you know, Black sure. Music and some of those guys, yeah. you know, they do some amazing stuff. And I'm very proud to be part of a, a, a really lovely group of people. And they all support each other. But the problem with it is they're all bloody musicians. Right? Yeah. Again, so getting back to creative ego. Sale. Yeah. You know, yeah. We do our band camp Friday thing where we all chip in, you know, we buy each other bits of music, but it's, it's not really going to get us over that hump. Right. right. You know, you've got to convert what you're doing to listeners and listeners aren't part of any of these groups at all. Correct. Right. You know, Correct. so you're only just, you're preaching to the choir, aren't you? You know, yeah. It's funny because I just try to stay out of the way of, of what can emerge. And I don't expect musicians to necessarily support the station, uh, which they do, but I don't expect it because the simple truth is, is what you're saying is they're the musicians. It's not a radio station is for the listeners. Yeah. 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 And it's, 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 uh, there's some weird realities that we're talking about that other people may acknowledge in their heads but it's it's it is it's it's harsh it's like you know it's spotify is a vampire yeah in in so many ways i mean again i'm not going to fault corporate minds for creating this this amazing beast oh they're very clever right (laughs) indeed and they're very good at what they do and you know what a lot of people are serviced very well by it because again they, they don't understand um how to do it themselves yeah yeah you know what I think it, it, even though it is just musicians in these groups, you know, the Pluto group and the Black Music group and the others that are around there on Twitter, it is just musicians. But on the plus side, that is the seed of this thing I was talking about where masses of right. musicians get together and say, right, no more, you know, and that is the seed. And I've, I'm not a massive social media person. You know, I, I, I try, you know, I don't yeah. really know what I'm doing. I, I'm an engineer and a musician, you know, and a, a songwriter. And I do that and I dabble with it. But I see these things growing. But I think that's, that's the seed of what needs to happen, you know. Maybe if all of these groups one day merge into one massive group and there is enough people just to turn against the industry and say, look, no more. We've had enough of this now. But the problem is everyone has to do it at the same time and they have to stick to this like set of rules. No, yeah. we're not giving our music away for free. You know, and it's, it's going to be t- it's going to be really hard. You know, it's, it's like this whole existential, you know, climate change issue. We've got everyone's got to do it. And be on board and sign up to it to for it to actually have it doesn't weight. work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But but you know we've seen it recently, like we were saying on the stock exchange, it can happen, and it yeah. needs to happen. And once it has happened, that's it, game over for the corporates. You know, but yeah, it's getting to that stage, isn't it? I think it's funny listening to you talk about it. It's it's almost like I think 
that maybe we're already in process in some way and you and I just aren't fully aware of it. You, you know what I mean? Because I, I, I do think you're saying a lot of things that I feel and I got to believe that's that some listeners are going, yeah, these guys are talking about exactly the way I look at this stuff. So maybe it just hasn't, you know, you know, fully fermented yet. Yeah. Yeah. But it's brewing. Think, you know what I mean? You know what I think we really need, John? We need some figureheads in the music industry, some well-known major artists to sort of, you know, give people a little bit of direction and say, this is the way we're going to go. Right. I mean, I know a few, we all know a few, don't we? But yeah. I think that's what needs to happen. You need some figureheads to sit atop this that people respect to say, look, this is, a, you know, enough now. I mean, it's, I, you I know, can it's, think of a few people. You're, but. you're so right. It's just, but you know what popped in my head is like, he, here's the real beast in, in so many ways. Like, um, I, I wasn't aware of this. Bruce Springsteen apparently did a commercial for cheap. And he, a couple months back, got a DUI in a in a, a park and so they pulled the ad the corporates pulled the ad and you go well first off like it's 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 a legal issue that obviously he's already taken care of or he's in process taking care of it it's not like he went out and murdered someone yeah right it's it's supposedly a beautiful ad and you go that's one of the problems i think is is corporate overreaction yeah. to things yeah. to satisfy the beast, you know, the, 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 the Frankenstein people that are going to come out with pitchforks and things yeah. of that nature. And so it is trickier even for, I think a big name artist to participate in that way, at least at this point without really saying, no, I don't fucking care about that anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm ruining their careers, right. You know, they could ruin their careers. Yeah. Right? I, I think, I think. There, there's a few that I can think of Roger Waters, you know, from, from Floyd. Ah, that yes. guy is amazing. You know, he, he he speaks out against Israel and, you know, the crisis going on in Palestine. And he's really outspoken. He's, a you know, obviously a brilliant musician, fantastic yeah. rap catalog. But someone like him has the bollocks to actually do that. Yeah, you're right to, about to that. Speak yeah. out, you know, and we need more people like him. I think if there was a group of those guys in a little consortium, then we could start making things happen. But, right. you know, that needs to happen first before anything else, really, I think. Yeah, it's a lot, man. Yeah, yeah. You know what, man? I think I think we're going to wrap it up. I think we've been talking a little longer than I thought, and uh, we got. Well, it's been it. a lovely conversation, John. I've been yeah, it. man. And hopefully, I covered some of the things that you were looking to talk about, um, and it gave you some free free room there. Absolutely. Fantastic. If I get anything rolling with this blockchain stuff and stuff, I'll let you know and we'll see what yeah. we can do about sort of moving this all forward. Well, in one thing too, at this point, I'd sure like to allow you to let people know where they can get a hold of you, where they can find your music, whatever you're comfortable like setting up as saying, Hey, yeah, I'm here and come and get me. Cool. Well, really my main, main point of contact is Twitter. Really, So it's shark star 11 on Twitter fantastic get hold of me there yeah i'm always i'm always sort of available to help people out with coding or engineering or whatever i'm always reaching out to people and helping them and yeah it's a great community so yeah if you want to contact me twitter shark star 11 fantastic man and again great talking with you nice meeting you and uh you, you know, too brother rock on. rock on brother thanks for the time man you take care yeah. see you soon thanks man 
Hey there, this is John. I want to thank everyone for listening to the Mobile Radio Carnival at the CEF.world. I also want to say, hey, thanks, Sharky from Shark Star for being on the show. Hey, so if you got a bit more time to lend the show, this is where we present the show's sponsor. This time, it's our very own Pluto Radio. What? What's that, Rondo? What's that, boy? Oh, yeah, of course. Hey, guys, Rondo, the amazing Plutonian space dog, wants me to tell you all about buying some merchandise here at the Pluto Radio Internet Store. The Plutonian.store. That's right. The Plutonian.store. Yep, you can just type that into your URL and press go. Or you can find a link to the store right here at PlutoRadio.com towards the bottom of the page. Either way, Rondo's saying you can get yourself a cool Plutonian hat or an elegant rock and roll Pluto Radio polo or other related or music-related goodies here from the station. And by making a purchase, you are helping to keep the Pluto transmission out there for each and every Earth-born ear bone. What's that, boy? What's that, boy? Oh, yeah. Rondo's right. He says, buy something for sure, and don't forget to listen. After all, it's radio. It's made for your ears. And Rondo should know he's got some very sensitive ears. Down, boy. Down. That's enough. Oh, hey, just one more thing. Um, I think uh, Sharky and I got talking about a lot of different things. I didn't spend a lot of time with his musical vibe. He is a very uh, well-plotted musician and very sensitive lyrics and understanding of the world so i wanted to put on yet one more of his songs to finalize the show here is shark star 11 with worlds apart thank you for listening Shine too bright. Uh, you. 
jump out the plane if you fell 